You guys would have heard me say about myself, you know, listen, I don't, you know, I don't mind telling you my flaws and so on, how I used to live. You guys would have heard me saying that I used to be very, very timid. Who's ever heard me say that before? Everyone heard me say, I used to be very, very timid. Couldn't look nobody in the eye. Uh, couldn't, you know, couldn't speak to people. Dare I say the, the opposite sex? It was like, absolutely not, right? No, it just wasn't a thing. Uh, praise God. Thank God I got saved. Amen. God changed all of that. Amen. Um, but the reason, hey, praise God. Amen. Uh, but the reason I say that is because that kind of uh, disposition is not very uncommon. Um, there are many people who don't do certain things, uh, uh, or, or in fact do do certain things, because uh, they don't really want to be confrontational. They want to kind of pull back. They don't want to kind of offend people. A story was told of a young man who was hanging out with his friends. Uh, he grew up in a Christian family, so he knew what was right and wrong. Uh, he grew up uh, um, and uh, he went off to university and, you know, he, he moved away from his parents' house. It was the first time he moved away and he's living in university and he makes his friends. You know, that's, that's kind of like a make or break situation for a young adult. You finally moved out, you're away from your parents and, and you're with just friends. So this young man is rolling with his friends and so on and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're living the uni life. And a particular time came where they was going to go to a party. Uh, or a particular house, yeah, it was a house party. And this young guy was kind of apprehensive. Didn't really want to go because they told him what was going to be at the party. They said, listen, we're going to go. They just made it plain and simple. They said, listen, we're going to go find some girls and try and get something happening. That's what they said. Uh, the young guy, growing up from a Christian family, was like, hmm, this ain't really my scene. I know what my parents would tell me if they saw what I was doing. But because he didn't want to offend them and he wanted to stay in with the in crowd he didn't say nothing so as they was going they was getting dressed uh, he would be praying saying God uh, do something to stop this situation um, and he's going they was, they was getting dressed time coming they, they ring the people saying yeah is everyone there are the girls there they say yep we're there we're going to be ready <laughs> they're carrying on going uh, and it was going and going they left the house now and he's still praying sweating saying God do something here and he's still following his friends and so on. Um, and at the last minute, as they was about to turn a corner and get on the road to where the girl's house was, the girls called the guys and said, something's wrong. We're, uh, we've got an emergency. We've got to leave, so we can't come to the party no more. Um, and the young guy heard the call. And he's like, oh, man. Turned around. He's like, yes. <laughs> now, that seems like a horrible life. Wouldn't it have been just easier to say, no, nah, I'm not on that. Thank you very much. Wouldn't it have been easier just to say, that's not my scene, that's not what I want to do. But we live in a funny generation right now where people are really concerned about pleasing other people. People find it a really big thing to make sure that they please people around them, people in their workplace, maybe the friends they hang around with. So they do all that they can do just to make sure that other people are pleased with their actions. So I want to preach a sermon of entitled, Are You Pleased? You see, because there's a, you know, there's a, there's a buzz going on, there's still going on that you have to be politically correct. You can't say anything that could cause offense because you don't want to offend people. That's the last thing you want to do is offend people. So you have to be politically correct. 
Uh, I heard uh, nowadays in school, uh, you know, what's, what's that board that you write on and you have a chalk there? What's that board right on? What's it called? Black, hey, you can't be saying that. You can't say blackboard in school no more. It's, it's offensive. It's the chalkboard, apparently. Okay? There's a, there's a, there's a, new, there's a song that used to sing in, in nursery. It's called Baba. No, you can't be saying that. That's offensive. You can't say Baba black sheep. You've got to say Baba sheep or something like that because you don't want to offend people. Because, you, listen, you have to be politically correct because you have to make sure everyone around you is not offended. You have to stick on eggshells to make sure you don't offend anybody. Because when you go to all these ceremonies, like we had the king's uh, 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 coronation and so on, listen, they've got to make sure that they are inclusive in the prayers and so on. Make sure you include everybody because you don't want to offend everybody. Because no one wants to cause offense as if causing offense is like being punishable by death or something. And people are, 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 are dragged around trying to please people. Society has elevated offense uh, as if it's become the goal to achieve not to offend people. You know, I remember previously to offend means to commit an illegal crime, right? You said he's committed an offense or how likely, if you know, they go to prison, they come out, how likely are they to re-offend? So there was a time where offense meant illegal or an illegal act or a criminal offense. But now to offend is to cause someone to feel upset, annoyed or resentful. The thing is, people feel different things, which is why they say that you can't go around pleasing everybody because everyone's going to feel different things. If I please this person, I'll offend this person. If I please this person, I'll offend this person. So better, we just seek to please God and you do whatever you want to do. Can you say amen in this place? I'm going to live my life trying to please God and God alone. And that way it becomes easy. So we're going to read in Exodus chapter 32. We're going to read an account of somebody that fell foul to trying to please people around them. And we're going to see what happened. Exodus chapter 32, verse number 1. There's a new King James version here. It says, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron. And said to him, come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which are in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Then they arose early and the next day offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up and play. We're going to skip down to verse number 21. And this is, changes into the New Living Translation. It says, finally, he turned around and demanded... What did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? This is Moses speaking now. And Aaron says, don't get upset with me, my Lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, make us gods and who will lead us. We don't know what's happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. When they brought it to me, I simply threw it in the fire and out came this calf. I love the way he just says that. It, just, it was just an accident. It just, just came out out of nowhere. That's what happened, right? 
And it says, Moses saw that Aaron had let the people go completely out of control, much to the amusement of their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and shouted, all of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. And all the Levites gathered around him. Moses told them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, each of you take your swords and go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other. Kill everyone. Even, even your brothers, friends, and neighbors, the Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. I want to look firstly with you at pleasing people is a tough life. It's not an easy life to live when you are just consumed with pleasing people. Verse 1 of our text, the Bible says that the children of Israel came to Aaron and they gathered together to Aaron and said, come make us a God that we, uh, uh, before us, that will go before us because we don't know what's happened to Moses. Now in the English translations, there's different variations to how they put this together. But some translations say they gathered, they gathered around Moses. Some translations say they gathered against, uh, uh, sorry, not Moses, they gathered against Aaron. It's important to understand what's going on here because the phrase in the ancient Hebrew, uh, the word used is kehal, and it means uh, various things in the Bible. But if I pick out some examples of where this same word is used, you can get an understanding of what type of gathering it was. Joshua chapter 22 and verse number 12, it says, the whole congregation of Israel or the children of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war. That's the same phrase used when they say they gather themselves up against Aaron. So here we're seeing the same word used in a defense or offensive uh, version saying that they gather together for war. So they're saying they came together to Aaron and say, listen, bro, we need you to make us something because we don't know what's happened to, to, to Moses. So you can see this wasn't just a nice conversation. This was a beef conversation. This was an, an accusation. This was something they wanted to push and threaten him with. So the first point is pleasing people is fueled by fear. Dare I say Aaron was scared of what might happen to him because if he didn't do what they was asking him to do, maybe they'll jump him, maybe they'll do it. You know, many times people want to do many things because they're scared of not fitting in. There is a fear behind not fitting in, a fear behind not being part of the fold. And it's a horrible place to be because you're constantly worried about what would happen or what would people think. And you would uh, don't want to go and cause offense. You don't want to go, uh, cause conflict. So you're fueled by fear. So the decisions you make are now based around what people think and what people say. But look at Matthew chapter 10, verse number 28. The Bible says, And do not fear those who killed the body. Can you say amen right now? Amen. But cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I love it because Jesus is saying, Listen, all people can do, the worst they can do is kill you. And that's it. And if you're a Bible-believing Christian follower of Jesus Christ, well then to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can you say amen in this place? That's all they can do. 
They can speed that up. But he says, don't fear that. Fear the one that can actually do more than that and have an issue in eternal life. Some people class themselves as unconfrontational. Uh, They don't like confrontation. But I've realized when it comes to certain situations, I've realized that you can't avoid conversation sometimes. Listen, I don't want to have conflict with anybody. I don't want to offend anybody. But I realize there's some times in my life where I'm going to have some confrontation. There's going to be some times where I'm going to say something that's going to be offensive, quote-unquote offensive to some people. And we have to understand, listen, we don't have to be scared of what people say. We can speak the truth. And if you're offended, then I'm sorry. But the truth is the truth. Can you say amen in this place? Many times you see people water stuff down because they don't want to cause offense. You can't say that. You can't say those things around here. Well, but I believe it. It's true, is it not? The second thing is, pleasing people will cost you. In verse number two, look at it in our text. It says, And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings eh, which are in the ears of your wives and eh, your sons and your daughters eh, and bring them to me. You know, far too many times, people spend too much money that they don't have trying to please people that they don't like. People have to get, you have to wear a certain look, you have to drive a certain thing just so people can see you are keeping up with the Jones. You know, I find it interesting. It's, it's, it's very expensive trying to please other people. And I find it interesting, you know, people, actual wealthy people, like wealthy people, they don't have to do that. The wealthy people, generally, you wouldn't necessarily know. God bless him, uh, our landlord of this building, God bless him, great man. Uh, um, if he's listening, Gary, God bless you, amen. <laughs> great man, but the guy's a wealthy man, wealthy man. But if you were to see him on the street, you would never know the guy's a multimillionaire. You would never know by the way that he's, the way he carries himself, the way he dresses, because he realizes, I don't have to please people, because pleasing people is expensive. I have to get the latest uh, trainers, I have to get the latest fashion, I have to get the latest uh, gold chains and so on, just to let everybody know that I've got money. Listen, you know, when I see that, I, that's, a, that's an indicator to me that you're trying to prove something here. Come on, people that have real wealth don't have to prove it, they just use it. That's, that's all it is. So it's funny that people try and do that. It's expensive trying to please people. And this is exactly what happened with Aaron as he's trying to please people. Now the gold and so on that was actually reserved for the work of God is now used in order to appease the people that are coming against him. He's now using what should be used for the house of God to start to say, listen, I'll just please people. I'll use the money that was meant to be used for something else just to make sure that everybody is happy here. Pleasing people will cost you more than you wanted to play. Pleasing people also means you have to do things you wouldn't normally do. Verse number four of our text, and it says, and he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned. It didn't just pop out. It says, he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. You have to understand, here is Aaron, the brother of Moses. He experienced many miracles. He's seen the plagues of Egypt. He was there. He saw what God did. He saw the power of God. He's seen many things God could do. What business has this man uh, got being the instrument of pagan worship? 
What business has he got folded or, or, or making a golden calf saying that this is your God? The guy knows better. He should know better. But the fact is when you're trying to please people, all of those things go out the window. You know, I find it interesting. Some people tell me, uh, you know, I remember I was in Derby one time and I was uh, driving around and I saw um, a person that, that used to come to church. It was coming to church regularly and I saw them with their group of friends. And, and when they saw me, it's like they completely froze. They're like, okay, now I can either be the guy he knows I'm going to be or I can be the guy these guys know I'm going to be. He, 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 I could see it. It, was, it wasn't that long, but it felt like a long time. It, I was almost embarrassed for the, ble- the guy, God bless him. But he had a decision to make. He's like, okay, I can either act like the Christian that this guy knows or act like the bad boy that these guys knows. So it was just a, such an awkward moment. He kind of froze, pretended he didn't see me, and then he carried on walking away. Listen, help me know how you live in the house of God should be exactly how you live outside there in the world. Come on now, it's just simple stuff. It shouldn't be a difference. There shouldn't be something. Listen, I, I don't mind. Listen, I have, I have friends. Uh, I have people that I speak to. I can connect with anybody, but nobody's going to influence me. If anybody's going to be doing the influencing, it's going to be me. Can you say amen in this place? And I'm going to turn you away from the nonsense of the world and say, listen, here is the light of Jesus Christ. But it shouldn't be that people come up against you and get you to do things that you wouldn't normally do and get you to go places that you wouldn't normally go. There should be enough in you to say, no, I stand for what is true, and I'm not going to fold for what is fake. You know, one thing is so horrible about gang culture, especially in London, I assume in other parts of the world as well, the the, the wrong thing about gang culture is that many of these young kids don't actually want to be part of this. They don't actually want to uh, commit those crimes, but because there's a, a culture that is, you're part of the brotherhood now, it's almost like they're coerced and they're forced into doing it. Many times young people don't want to get into knife crime. I mean, there are some crazy people that just want to love this stuff. I mean, that's just crazy. But generally speaking, there are some young people that don't want to get involved but because they don't want to upset the man them around them, they will go and do things that they wouldn't necessarily normally do. And it's a horrible thing to see how many jails are filled with people that have done things that really didn't want to do. They have done things because they're pleasing people that are around them. And this one's important. Pleasing people means that the truth is watered down. Look at verse number five here. It says, so when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before, and Aaron made a proclamation and uh, and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Then they rose early the next day, offered burnt offerings and burnt peace offerings, and, and the people sat down, eat and drank, and rose up to play. Now he says, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Now, when you read your Bible and you see him, uh, how it actually characterized, he wasn't talking about the golden calf. He was saying, tomorrow, listen, we'll do this today, but tomorrow we'll go back to church. That's what he's saying. He's saying, tomorrow will be a feast to the Lord, capital L. So he's talking, uh, tomorrow we'll feast back to God, Jehovah, the one we normally know. Okay, but today, fine, all right, we'll do this. And listen, today I'll come with you to the club, I'll shake a leg, but promise to come to church with me tomorrow. I've heard people say that nonsense. Listen, listen, and it, it waters down the truth. You're saying, okay, in order to appease what's going on, let's do this for now, but tomorrow we're going to go to the Lord. Listen, it is not palatable to be able to break down or water the truth. How I many know true is true regardless of who you're speaking to? 
It should be something that flows through. It should be something that continues to go. We shouldn't be starting to mix up and start to bring up things that bring a different truth or an alternative truth. And it all comes from trying to please people or trying to not be so offensive or not be so quote-unquote radical. It all comes from trying to do that. When you start to live like that, you're going to water down the truth. Because sometimes the truth will cause offense. Sometimes Jesus spoke and people were offended. So much so they tried to pick up stones and kill him then and there. Sometimes you're going to have to say some things that might end up offending people, but it's okay. Listen, as long as we do it with love and we do it with the heart, listen, it's okay if people get offended as long as we're speaking the truth. And the last one I want to look at this in our text here is found in verse number 27 and verse number 28. The Bible says, Moses told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Each of you, take your swords and go back and forth from one end of the camp to kill the other. Kill everyone, even your brothers, friends and neighbors. The Levites obeyed and Moses commanded about 3,000 people died that day. At this crucial time, uh, you know, the children of Israel should have been standing out, uh, but they kind of wanted to merge into all the doctrines they see around them. And because of this, uh, destiny was lost. Thousands of people lost their lives because somebody didn't stand up and saying, I don't want to fit in. I want to stand out and be what God has called me to be. And the thing is, that's what happens in life today when good people don't do anything and they just want to fit in to what happens. People lose their destiny. Oh, I wish we had leaders that were able to stand up and say, listen, I know you want to do certain things, but this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing it. We are a Christian country. We have certain values. I pray for a leader that will stand up and say, I don't want to just fit in and and be nice just to get votes. I need to stand up for what is right. We pray for leaders of councils, leaders of churches. Can you say amen? That will stand up for what is right. Even if it means people are going to leave. Listen, there's there's decisions you have to make. As a pastor, it is a a temptation to try and please people because you want to get bums on seats. You want to get offerings. But it's my job to speak the truth that comes from God whether people like that or not it would be a travesty if I start speaking things just to warm up or tickle the ears of people like so many people do there's this thing now in churches where you have to be inclusive you have to say this is I mean there's a church not far from us you have to focus in on this inclusive thing and don't say things that will offend people or cause people to walk away but if it's not the truth Listen, I'm not going to traffic in it. Can you say amen in this place? We have to come to a place where everybody says, listen, I don't want to be confrontational. I don't want that. But if a confrontation comes, best believe I'm going to start swinging. Can you say amen in this place? Come on now. Sometimes truth means you have to stand out of the crowd and not try and fit into the crowd. Aaron, when he saw people rise up against him, He saw the issues come. And sometimes Aaron can get a bad rep for this. Listen, there's going to come a time. uh, And I pray that, you know, um, I'm I'm with Jesus at this time. But it may even be in my lifetime. There's going to come a time where it's not going to be cool to be a Christian. 
He said, right now we've got liberty. Praise God. I thank God for the liberty we have. I can take my Bible on the streets and I can preach, even though that's getting a little bit uh, touch and go nowadays. But we have liberty, you know. Um, but there's going to come a time where people will rise up against you. There's going to come a time where there's going to people be gathered against you. And you're going to have to make a decision to make. Am I going to please these people? Or am I going to please God? And it could be just strangers. That's not, much, that's not much of a problem. But maybe it's your boss at work. Maybe your career is on the line here. Maybe it's family members. Maybe the, the, the place that you're living, the, the, your, your income, your things will be uh, affected if you start to uh, 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 offend these people. We've got a decision to make. Am I going to stand up and please these people or stand up and please God? You know, trying to please people is a tough life for these reasons. It's fueled by fear. It will cost you. It will get you to do things you wouldn't normally do. And truth will be watered down. And the last one, destiny, will be lost. It's a horrible place. And dare I say, there are some people that have this kind of a disposition where, you know, when people are around certain situations, maybe let me just tone it down a little bit just so I don't offend and don't speak the wrong thing. Listen, I want to end and our last point is that we should seek to please God and God alone. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 9, as Paul was talking to the church in Corinth, and he said this, he says, so whatever, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. That's our goal. That's our goal in life is to please God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is the one, that is the person we should please. In, in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse number 4, Paul again says these words, says, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. We need to seek to please God and God alone for a number of reasons. Number one, it's easier. There's only one God. Can you say amen? You don't have to please this person, please this person, please. No, there's only one God. Just focus on pleasing one God. It's easier. There's not a whole crowd you have to cater for. Let's please God. Secondly, God doesn't change. You know, when we please God, what pleased him in the times of the Bible pleases him now. Can you say amen? We don't have to guess. We don't have to think about what we have to do. He doesn't change. And when you do this, you will impact others. You become respectable. How many know when you see a man or woman who stands up for what they believe in, you can get some respect for me. Come on. And, and this, this goes for people. If I just see somebody that stands up for what they believe in, even when others around them don't, I look at that person, I respect that person. I say, you know what, I can hang, I can hang with that person. Because they're able to say, no, I can do this. I remember, uh, I think it was Jacob Rees-Mogg, a conservative MP. Uh, most people don't like him and stuff. A lot of people don't like the guy. But I remember they was questioning him and quizzing him about um, his views on abortion, his views on um, the LGBTQ and all this stuff. Like, you know, the, the, the buzzwords, everybody kind of uh, push you out there. Because he, they was asking that because they know he is a, a Christian. Um, they know that, so they were, they were jamming with that. Um, and he went straight down the middle. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't agree with that, and so on and so forth. And, and there was many people who don't like him who rang into the, uh, the, the news uh, uh, radio station, sorry, and said, you know, I don't like the guy, but I respect him, right? Because when you do, when you stand up for what is right, you are being respectable. And then when you are being respectable, people can become inspired. 
You become inspirational when you stand up and do what God has called you to do. When you stand out, you can inspire others to stand out also. You can be an instrument of God. And most of all, people can get saved and then join you. Everyone wants to be liked and so on. And, you know, trust me, I want to be liked as well. I don't want to go out there and just, you know, just, just be on my own. I want to be liked too, but not at the expense of truth. Come on. Not at the expense of my relationship with God. Anyone I meet, I, 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 I'm smiley. I'm a happy kind of guy. I would shake your hand and so on. But the minute, the minute truth starts to get into play, listen, I'm not going to, get, I'm not going to water it down. Because I believe, I know that the, uh, the God of heaven has my soul in his hand, not the person I'm speaking to. So I'd rather upset the person than God. You know, in this, in this uh, capacity, you, you know, we've been saved. I've been saved a long time now, uh, speaking to people in Derby, even speaking to people here uh, in, in the city of Hull. Sometimes I have to be face to face with people and tell them things I know is going to upset them. I know it's going to upset them if I say this, but I'm going to say it because of truth. And if I don't say this, then I believe I would uh, uh, tarnish the office that God has given me. I believe God has called me here for a reason, called me here for a purpose. I understand the backlash that might come of it, but listen, it is more imperative to make sure destinies are not lost, that you give people the truth. You know, I would much rather a doctor or a surgeon who has found that I've got a cancerous tumor in my body tell me the, the truth. Like, listen, we need to cut this thing out. It's going to hurt. It's going to be 50-50 when you make it. Rather than try and save my feelings and say, oh, you're good. You're all right. Just go home. Take some paracetamol. You'll be fine. No, tell me the, the dirty truth so I know how to address this. Come on, tell me the truth that the way that you're living right now, listen, if you continue living that way and you die, heaven ain't going to be your home. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, I know you're a lovely person. You look great. But listen, you carry on living like that. You carry on functioning like that. When you die, listen, Jesus is going to be one of those people. You're going to be one of those people that say, Lord, I did this in your name. He's going to say, depart from me. I don't even know who you are. It's my job to tell you the truth. And if that offends you, I'm, if I'm not even sorry. If that offends you, listen, you've got to deal with that. But I've got to give you the truth. I've had to tell people who have been in loving relationships, who have been living together for years. I've had to tell people, listen, the way you're living is wrong. Look at their face and tell them that. I have to tell the people who, who give themselves to all sorts of worldly things and say that they are Christians, say, my friend, you are mistaken. And trust me, some of these conversations have not gone down very well. But I've done my part. I've told them the truth. They can do whatever they want with that. I don't mind if that offends you because I love the truth too much to be able to please people. I love my God too much to fall down and please the people of this world. All oh, that the church would have this mentality. Every church in the corner will be preaching the truth. Oh, this place would look different. People will be convicted. People will give up the sin and realize this. I've got to change my life. The thing about the word of God is. It doesn't pull its punches. Sometimes when I was early saved and I'm reading the word of God, I'm like, man, the conviction is heavy. But I thank God for the conviction because that's what changed my life. It gave me a new trajectory. It allowed me to say, God, oh, I give you my life. Oh, forgive me for all the nonsense. Can you say amen in this place? Oh. My pastor, God bless him. 
great man of God. He's been here, Pastor Chizzo. Um, he, one, there's many things I could say about him, but one of the things he, he, he does when he preaches, when he speaks to you, he says it like it is. If it's in the Bible and it's true, he will tell you to your face. As many times as a young convert, we would go and, 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 and there'll be some nonsense. We're trying to debate or trying to do stuff like that, that. And he will just set us straight. This is wrong and this is right. And he'll pull out scripture to tell us why. And I love that. And I've kind of taken that on board. That I don't mind debating anybody about truth. I don't mind. I, I actually find it quite um, uh, amusing. Because I'm, I, I see how people are so offended. But listen... When it comes to truth, listen, I won't try and please people at the expense of my relationship with God. Because when you live like that, it sets you free to be who God has designed you to be. Look, going back to that, that, the, the story of the young guy at the beginning, you know, who didn't really want to go out, but he felt forced to go out. How many of that's bondage? That's bondage. He was literally being led like he was being handcuffed. That's bondage. When you are free uh, by the truth. Listen, you're able to live a life free. You're free to say, no, I'm not going there. You're free to say, no, I'm not doing that. It brings freedom. When you live like this, it sets you free to be who God has designed you to be. I want to end with a couple of quotes here about this. It says, don't be afraid of losing people. Be afraid of losing yourself trying to please people. Come on, now, that's a good quote right there. This one here. You've got enemies? Good. That means you actually stood for something in your life. <laughs> and listen to this one. When you're saying yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to God. Oh, that one is a serious. When you're saying yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to God. Listen, I'm saying this because I believe it's so easy for us in this day and age, in the circles we kind of live in and work in, the society, it is so easy. The temptation is to follow the crowd and say things that will just please people. Listen, I want the Holy Spirit to empower us tonight and to not really uh, pay too much mind to what people will say and stand up for what is true. You don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to be rude with it. But listen, we need men and women of God that will stand up for what is true because people don't even know what is true anymore. We need men and women of God that will stand on the street corner and preach the good news of Jesus Christ come hell or high water. We need men and women of God that would do all that God has called them to do. And as we do that, we'll begin to inspire others to stand up and live a life that God has called them to live. Who agrees with that in this place? Raise your hand and do that. Come on, let's praise God right now in this place. Are you pleased? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Are you pleased?